Welcome to the EDM Producer Podcast, formerly known as The Producer Podcast. We recently changed the name, if anybody's wondering. And this is the show where we interview successful electronic music producers from around the world. We ask them what they're doing in the studio, how it's going on their careers, and we try to pull out the nuggets that will help you guys out there become better musicians yourselves, get your music out there, and get it heard. Now, we always have amazing producers on the show. This show is no different. Casey Ottman is joining us today. You guys know him as Thunder Thief. He writes great tracks. He's always keeping busy. I think he has a lot of great information that uh, he can impart to you guys. So I hope you enjoy the interview. Now, just as a note, we recorded this interview about five months ago. (laughs) As many of you know, I took a little bit of a hiatus on the show. But we're back, and I hope to put out a lot more shows for you guys. So that is the plan. But some of the information we talked about in this interview was kind of time-sensitive, meaning uh, Casey was going to uh, South by Southwest, and we, we talked a little bit about that. So all that has been done already. So as you listen to the interview, just know that is past. But uh, who knows? He might be going there next year. Anyway, enjoy the interview. It's good to be back. Talk to you guys in a bit. Here's Casey. Casey, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for uh, having me on. I'm really excited. Absolutely, man. Thanks for coming on. Um, now, like I said, you do electro pop and I'm just going to hit it right off the bat. Uh, longest days is a song. I just love, I've been playing it for like the last three days in my car, (laughs) on my computer. It rocks, dude. It's such a beautiful song. Uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Well, tell us more about yourself and what you do. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'm currently, I'm, I'm a Denver based, uh, artist. Uh, I just actually moved back from Los Angeles, uh, to come back here and really find the love um, in like music again and stuff like that. Um, I produce a genre that I like to call electro pop punk. Cause it's like, um, my favorite acts and, and just music in the whole world is like the early two thousands pop punk music. And, uh, I really, but I love like this modern day use of just technologies and sound design and, uh, just having a lot of, <clears throat> um, like, otherworldly sounds involved. So like I'm trying, I just really love combining those two styles and bringing like a new, uh, a new edge to either side. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, you definitely have the use of guitar in your electric tracks. Yeah. And actually I'm, uh, I have, I'm bringing my bass. I'm like originally a bass player. That was the first instrument I learned in high school. I was in like band in high school and I played bass in rock bands from about 2004 to 2011 um and so that's always been my instrument but since i moved over to the computer-based stuff a lot of the bass is generated by synths so i kind of put it by the wayside to learn all of the synthesis stuff but uh as of recently um i've actually picked it back up and i am never putting it back down (laughs) the bass yeah interesting that's cool that's cool yeah yeah, not a lot of EDM guys play an actual bass. I don't think. Yeah, anyone. they take it. They take it over. So I'm actually um, I'm going to South by Southwest next week. Um, I'm playing down there, and I'm bringing a full band with me, and uh, I'm playing bass like throughout the whole thing. And I've got a guitarist and a drummer and a singer, and uh, it's going to be awesome. Is it? Is there any electronic in it? Yeah, we're. Um, I'm basically uh, running Ableton and playing like a bunch of the tracks from the produce from the produced songs, but also playing along with it. Like with my bass, I basically low cut out the, uh, the synth bass. And so 
the bass guitar lives in that like sub bass and like low mid category, but then the upper effects um, still hold on to it. Um, so it's like I just have like a bunch of effects on my bass guitar. And Dude. then, uh, yeah, it's awesome. That's going to be so fun. Yeah, it's really cool. I'll be uh, my next podcast that I release um, will be a recording of that show. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. You're playing at a good time, too. I was looking at the card, like 11 p.m. People are going to be stoked for that. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be really fun. We're definitely like the only artist that sounds like that on uh, on that bill. So it'll be a really good way to kind of, I don't know, like going from like rock to dance is like a great, that's a great time of the night to do yeah, that. Yeah, that's perfect, man. Good job scoring that deal. How did you get Thanks. in there? Um, well, since I moved back to Colorado, I've gotten pretty involved with uh, some just some music connoisseurs out here and uh, just reconnected with some old friends that have like cool new jobs and things like that in the music world. And uh, they just, I applied out of like, I don't know, 200 bands or 200 acts or whatever. And um, just randomly and I got chosen and then I didn't even do anything to score that awesome set time uh from 11 to midnight wow. it just happened <laughs> dude that's perfect yeah it was really cool well good luck with it man i hope it's uh hope it works out really good it sounds like it's gonna be a blast yeah thanks man i'm uh, really excited we have our last rehearsal tomorrow before it so uh i'm very excited to uh to bring like the live musician element back into my music yeah yeah that's uh I, like I, we talked about before the show a little bit, I'm a traditional musician. My instrument was guitar. And when I got into electronic, I always want, I didn't want to put down the guitar at 100%. I just put it down 95%, but I want to do kind of like what you're doing. I want to add some traditional stuff back in it and just, I don't know, give it some life, you know? Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I love having guitar in my tracks. Like I play most of it. Um, but I also have some friends who are killer guitarists and I'm just like, Hey man, like write something for this section and uh, it'll be in the song and it's made <laughs> it's made uh like i love getting to know people who play instruments because then all of a sudden i can make you know songs that sound completely different because this one guitar part right. that someone heard like that i would never have thought of gets in there and uh, all of a sudden it's like a whole new thing it's right awesome. that's really cool sounds like you have your networking skills firmly in place <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i've uh i graduated from college with a degree in music business uh, so uh, I, it's just like been ingrained in me since like day one of college is, you know, it's who, you know, and, um, how you handle yourself. And so like, I'm not, I don't get to know people because of that, you know, people are cool and there's bummer people in the music scene too, that I just choose to not associate with. But, uh, you know, most people are awesome just on their own yeah. devices and then it just so happens that they can do something cool in the music scene too you're like oh sick man well like i'd love to work with you sometime <laughs> what's what's your goal in this industry uh my goal is to just have my own sound um i feel like in the last year or two i've really started to find the true voice that i have um and just how my music comes out and uh, just getting better at performing it and really realizing it as a whole because it's just been uh, it's hard being a producer that's just a solo person because uh, everything comes from me right. and nothing moves forward without me. And so I have to um, get better at 
uh, kind of putting like getting my entire completed vision uh, together and making better decisions that align with that vision. Because I feel like over the last year or two, I've made some like sidesteps and it hasn't really been productive towards my main goal. I see. Well, you got them out of the way. You know, a lot of, a lot of good <laughs> businessmen say fail fast, fail now, fail fast. So um, yeah, that's a good, that's a good quote. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the movie Whiplash? I just watched it like last week. I yeah. love that movie. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, what, what you're talking about, like when you're saying as you're solo, everything comes from you. And if you're not motivating yourself, then, you know, things are at a standstill. You got me thinking about that movie because um, if anybody hasn't watched it, check it out. It's, it's an interesting movie. It's pretty hardcore, but um, basically uh, an instructor rides a student really hard on playing the drums and he does it with the whole philosophy that he's helping the person become great but he goes a little too far. Um, but after watching that to me, I am like, you know what? I need more motivation, not to that degree, but I need more motivation and having other people around helps with that. And having other people involved with your projects helps not just get a different sound, but get you off your butt and finishing things. Do you, yeah, do you agree with that or? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, um, it's definitely helpful. Uh, you know, cause I'm a ball of energy all the time and I have, you know, motivation, I wake up every day and be like, let's get this done. Um, but you know, sometimes you just lose that drive a little bit and it's really nice to have someone there be like, no man, like you got this, you know, it right. can't, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to keep yourself up 100% of the time, right. you know, 365. Absolutely. So, and coffee, uh, and coffee wears off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Cool, man. Well, let's talk about uh, in the studio. Let's get geeky. All right, cool. What software are you using to write your stuff? Uh, I do a hybrid process of like Logic uh, and Ableton. Yes, exactly. But uh, but it's this. It's switched um, as far as when I use them. So um, I compose and like get the meat and the meat and potatoes working in Ableton. Um, I love the session view. I play like with loops all the time and. Um, I have an APC 40 MK two that's become absolutely integral. I saw in, that. Uh, I definitely want to ask you about that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so it's really nice, especially, you know, being by yourself is to be like really malleable with, you know, what parts go where and you can just, you're all, you're playing, uh, you know, you know, you get several drum loop options and then, you know, several synth loop options and bass loop options and you just kind of build up on it. Um, cause I usually will, write a song on acoustic guitar and then I will carry it over to like a nice sounding chord progression for a tempo, um, in Ableton with like a piano and then I'll put some basic drums to it and then, uh, I'll start playing bass. And, uh, initially I was just playing, I was, uh, playing, uh, just, the keys, uh, you know, for the bass, like doing yeah. kind of simpler bass stuff. But yeah. now that I've picked my bass up, my bass back up, uh, I play just my bass guitar and then I'll in, in Ableton, they have a great little feature. It's like bounce audio to MIDI. Oh, so, dude. you know, I'll write a couple of bass lines that I'm like, all right, these are pretty cool. And then all of a sudden I can just bounce it to MIDI like so quick and then start designing like the bass effects sounds, which I'll, um, which are like, you know, the, you know, the movement synth basses and just things like that, that have like that cool upper timbre that gives it more of the voice of the bass. Um, and so I have those running and then, you know, so I'll start to arrange a song that way with, uh, I love like 
like I said, the pop punk songwriting um, styles and whatnot. So, you know, I've got a couple different chord progressions that go in there. It kind of moves in like a, you know, A, B, A, C, A type of just like pop yeah. uh, arrangement. And then like once I get a pretty good rough arrangement out in the session view, then I'll uh, perform it over to the um, arrangement view, like using the APC, just like with scenes mm-hmm. and whatnot, just going down. And uh, then I'll start to get into more of the meat or like the more of this, you know, the seasonings of it, if you will. Um, and after I've gotten a pretty good like song, I'll send it out to a vocalist. Be like, hey, here's the concept I was thinking of while I was writing this song. Uh, make it yours. Let's work on it. And then uh, they'll record a demo, usually with me. Um, but sometimes, you know, they can do it on their own, which is cool. And we'll work that out, and then we will record finals for them. And I'll come back, and I will edit all the recorded vocals in Logic. And uh, I love, I learned producing from Logic. Um, I was certified in Logic Nine. Uh, that was like the goal that I had before I started like really defining my sound. Is like I'm gonna be competent enough in one of these DAWs to like, you know, be considered you know, just like, you know, be considered by people like, Oh, okay. So he's certified. So he's got, he's got some knowledge. Um, would you have to read those two books and take a test? Yeah. That's exactly what I had to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to do that too. (laughs) Um, so I did that and like, just through learning that I really loved logics, like audio manipulation engines and, uh, the flex time is really good. And just, uh, the way it's laid out for audio, I'm just a little bit more, uh, accustomed to and I just aesthetically is nicer to me so yeah um and I like the traditional mixer layout so you know I'll flex and tune and mix all of the vocals in logic and then I'll just bounce out like a just like a acapella stem and then throw it into my Ableton session again so you do all the mixing in Ableton then no oh, so so what I do is uh is then I'll just like do some mixing or I'll do some like more editing of the instrumental and whatnot against the vocal, you know, like maybe do some fills, uh, do some, some like other edits and mixing stuff for sure. But then I'll bounce out all of the stems after like I've run through that, bounce out all those stems, put the stems back into the vocal session in logic. And then there's like, that's where I start to really mix is in there. Gotcha. Are you using Logic 9 or Pro yeah. X? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm using Logic 9. I got 9 and like got certified in it and was stoked. And then um, I bought Ableton Live 9 before Logic X came out. And all the things that uh, Logic made improvements on for Logic X are domains that Ableton's been like the only person in the game in for years. Ah, I so um, I get all the advantages, I feel like, of Logic X uh, through Ableton 9. I see. I see. <laughs> Now, how does that audio to MIDI um, work? It's probably good for a monophonic instrument like bass. Does it is it pretty accurate? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it actually also gives me uh, a little bit of accountability for my playing. You know, <laughs> I can't I can't be bad at it. So yeah, but you can quantize it now. Yeah, it's true. But I like yeah. I've I've been uh, I've been trying to do that less just because yeah. it's one more. Like if I'm playing to a beat already, like 
I've been playing bass for over 10 years, so I should be able to be in that pocket with that drum loop or whatever. Uh, there should be no excuses for me. Oh, but, come on. Don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, so it's just a, con- it's like a control option within uh, Ableton, like in the session view, you can just select the clip and like control click. And there's an option that says like uh, convert like clip to MIDI mm-hmm. and or convert audio to MIDI. And uh, then it just does it and it'll find like a sound that's, you know, more or less what it is. And what I'll do then is I will uh, work on that line, um, the MIDI bounce bass line, you know, get a good sound design for it, get a good texture and that'll fit the song. And then I will replay the bass um, against that new loop. And uh, because sometimes like, you know, there's, you know, you, you do like pitch downs and things like that, like in the middle of bass lines. And, uh, I can now just do that. Like I'll just, you know, slide down on the bass and come back. And, uh, I may have not made that decision before I converted the MIDI. So I have to just do it afterward to like really reflect, um, the newly, uh, the new like effects MIDI bass. Okay. So you, you kind of add like those little like frills onto the bass afterwards. Yeah. Like okay. I'll re-record. uh, I have a couple songs where there's just like this, this bass slowdown in like the middle of the line. And so if you're playing on a bass guitar, all you got to do is just slide down the neck and come back and you get like a similar sound. I see. Cool, man. What about plugins? What do you like to use? Uh, I'm a huge waves fan. Um, I really like their CLA two a compressor, especially on vocals and guitar. Um, they also have an SSL, mixer like channel mixer emulator plugin that's uh fantastic um i put those two things on every vocal track and every guitar track that i have uh i'm a huge fan of guitar rig um their bass amp emulator is really good especially when you put a uh like a nice eq and a nice compressor on after it like the bass tone that i get out of out of uh like this combination of of guitar rig uh, there's like a supercharger compressor by native instruments. And then they also had the, uh, they have like the solid bus EQ. Yeah. They're good. Um, yeah. Like I have that on my bass uh, guitar, like those three things. And it's the best bass tone I've ever had. Wow. And, it, and it comes out live, like in venues and stuff. It's perfect. Wow. It's like, ah, they all, they're all included in complete 10 too. I was just checking it out. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, all, all those are in there. And, uh, it's it's cool because I just um, like those are all for live instrument stuff and then vocals obviously but uh, then for I mean for synth plugins or whatever um, I'm a big fan of Razor I think Razor is a really cool instrument and it sounds really good hmm. um, when I'm doing like bass stuff like it's usually one of the layers that I have in okay. the bass tone okay um monarch is another really cool one yeah I was, I was curious about that that's good sounds good yeah it's uh it's definitely one of the better there's like another animoog uh emulator plugin that kind of emulates that moog uh I guess it's animoog um like the moog synth the yeah. really big monophonic one and you get like really good sound out of both of those interesting um the mo- like Monarch and the Animog both, I feel like, are contenders, and it's just uh, that comes with complete too. Nice. Yeah. I should just upgrade because I have eight. It's only two hundred bucks to upgrade. 
Oh yeah. Um, but I, I, I want to get that new native instruments, MIDI controller, the keyboard. It's, oh, yeah. that thing's a dream to me. I, I've been waiting for years for a MIDI controller that actually feels like a real synth to come out. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Have you seen that yet? I've seen it. I honestly haven't been paying that much attention to MIDI keyboards. Cause I feel like that I found my, uh, controller balance now ah. with, uh, I have this, the Axiom Air 49. Um, the white one. Yeah, the white one. Uh, I bought it partly because of aesthetics, uh, but it also felt better than most of the keyboards That's that were the thing. there. Right, it does. The Axioms are always uh, good. Yeah, and like it had pretty good, uh, it had pretty good like MIDI mapping stuff that was like pretty, like just easy. Most things just transferred over uh, without needing to like MIDI map anything really. Huh, that's interesting. Um, and that was cool, but then I got the APC40 MK2, and that kind of took over all that sort of control aspect of it. So now I just use the Axiom as just like a keyboard, really. Right, right. That's the thing. When I look at the Axiom and some of the other ones that have too many knobs and buttons on them, I'm, I know that I never use them. I usually just use, the, unless it's in like a, maybe a live situation, mm-hmm. all I need is two knobs at the, at the most just to hit some cutoff filters and maybe some resonance. The rest yeah. I do with the mouse. I mean, I'm producing. It's not like I'm playing live. But um, I wanted to ask you about the APC40. Uh, how was the new one compared to the old one? You know, I actually never had the old one. Um, I got in when I started getting into like controllers and things like that. Like I had a friend who had a launch pad that he never used. Yeah. So I just started using that at first. And like it really I was using it mostly for just like launching clips while I was writing. Right. So that worked just fine for me. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to get the APC 40, the original one. Right. And, uh, when they announced the new one, I was like, Oh, I was starting to get, uh, more familiar with like actually controlling a lot of elements in Ableton, like in a live setting. And I bought this little, like the, uh, there's like a launch control, uh, controller that like, it goes along with the launch pad and it just has like a bunch of knobs right. on it and like, and like another f- series of buttons. And I had that controller cause I was like mapping some things. I found some reasons to be using the knobs and using those things. So I was like, Oh man, Oh, the APC 40 would be like, now I still, like, I'm kind of visualizing like what is all possible. Right. So I'll just wait until the MK two comes out and I'll just get that when it releases. Um, yeah, the launch so pad is like the gateway drug to an APC. It totally is. <laughs> And it's, it, 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 it taught me a lot. And, um, the new one, uh, I've been like, I use now, like my live performance setup is, uh, on my base case because I have a keyboard stand that I like put my base case on and it's my laptop in front of me. Then I have the MK2 and then like the audio interface to my left. And then like, I'm holding my base and, uh, it's just awesome how tactile it is for me to be like, playing like I play bass with my fingers so I don't have to worry about like a pick and all that stuff so like I come off the bass and like I'm you know triggering loops and like doing filters and like some echoing sends and whatnot it's all like really laid out I don't have to go across a bunch of like midi mapped pages it's just all right there and it's it's uh it's become very integral for my performances and I'm I love it huh very cool stuff is there anything else in your studio that you, you can't live without No, not really. I got okay. a pretty simple setup. Uh, a lot of my friends are like the hardware people and I just yeah. go over there and use their stuff yeah. when I want to. <laughs> like it's not that. You don't need that much these days. It's all most of the work is done by the computer, you know. 
Yeah, and like, you know, I'll just go over to a buddy's house and just sample, you know, their whatever sick keyboard they just got. Right, that's uh, pretty cool. And make some cool, like have some cool presets and then just sample like a couple octaves and be good to go. Right, take it home on a flash drive. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How about mastering? Um, It's a big question we get asked on the show. What do you do for mastering? Do you do it yourself or do you send it out and who do you send it to? Oh, I send it out for sure. Um, I actually just recently... Uh, moved to a new mastering guy. Um, he, his name is uh, Salda is his producer name. He is a phenomenal artist in general and has this incredible studio in Los Angeles and uh, just has a lot of like the nice outboard gear. That, yeah. Um, I really feel like like the outboard gear thing while you're making music. Like I feel like a lot of it can be digital and that's fine. But then like there's just it's irrefutable that like just a little bit on the end makes like that last little bit of difference that Hmm. makes it really feel like it comes alive. So he has like several, um, like outboard EQs and a couple like really nice outboard compressors and, uh, you know, the mixes that I send him in comparison to what I get back at like, it just breathes this really organic life into it that I go for my music anyway. And since, you know, there is a little bit of that, there's a little bit of that digital tint, um, to it, uh, just coming all out from the computer. Like it does give it a little bit of that, like organic body that, um, I'm missing in the mix and it's phenomenal. Wow. What's his name again in his company? Uh, Salda S A L D A. Okay. Um, you can find him at like soundcloud.com slash Salda official. Okay. He's got this, he just released, uh, this remix like a month ago or so. That was this, uh, this New York based band called episode and they had a song called hold on that he remixed and people went nuts for it. And it's wow. just like a really cool, like kind of laid back. It's like the tropical house type of thing, but it's not so va- like, it's not like, a blatant ripoff or anything. It's, it's, it, it's his own style. And it, it is a great example of like what I'm going for tonally. Right. Um, just, or just like not really tonally, but you know, like as far as the whole like impact of the song, it feels very natural and organic and, but also electrifying. It's, it's cool. Huh? I got to check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about longest days. Did you, okay. did he master that? No, uh, that was mastered by uh, David Quinn. He's a producer out of New York. Okay, that I like a lot. Um, I got to admit, the first time I heard that, uh, I, w- I was listening. To, you did an interview with EDM Giant. I was listening yeah. to that interview, and it was like late at night. No, no, it was um, it was in my iTunes playlist, and it was like I had iTunes going all night. I forgot to like turn it off, so I'm sleeping, and I wake up to that song because um, everything oh, nice. everything in my iTunes playlist is podcasts. But when that song came on, it was louder than like all the vo- the podcasts I had. So it like it woke me up, and then I realized it was so loud that the neighbors upstairs were banging on the floor to oh, turn it really? down because it was like four in the morning. And uh, but I remember waking up to it and I'm going, "This is an amazing song." Um, I really like that man. Uh, Thanks. Tell dude, us really tell us about the production that. of that, and uh, I would like to know what you're doing on the vocal chain to get her vocal sounding fantastic and. Just by the way, her her voice is great. She's an amazing artist, it sounds like. Yeah, she's got an incredible voice. Um, Yeah, so when I wrote that song, it started just with that intro riff. Um, 
that, that intro guitar riff. And, uh, as I was jamming along with it, like I found a couple different, like nice impact, like movements of it. So it actually is the, it's the same chord progression, the whole song. Um, but it moves very differently in all of them. Um, and whenever I write any song, uh, it's always, it's coming from kind of like an experience that I've had that I'm having in my life. And it's almost like my diary entry kind of thing. Like (laughs) I'm really just putting everything out, like in regards to that trouble that I'm having. And, uh, with longest days, it was about the struggle of like, um, kind of letting go of someone that you love for something that you love more. Wow. Um, and for me, that was like my girlfriend at the time that we like moved out to Los Angeles, uh, not, together but like we were both from Colorado she wanted to move out there and I wanted to move out there so we kind of moved out there separately but you know we were each other's anchors um in like this new crazy city yeah. and uh but it, um just there were a lot of times that I let her down uh because of what I was doing and I didn't feel like I let I didn't feel like it was wrong what I did you know um but she felt it was. And so there was like this struggle of like, okay, well this is not, uh, working and I want to be like, I was there for music and I was there to be the best like artist that I could be. And like that, that's always been like one of the most important things in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when a new love comes in, it's like, there's always this competition for it. And, uh, it was just a struggle, man. So I was like putting all of that, uh, just that tension and release into this song. And at the time, um, the girl, Lexi, who is uh, the singer on this track, uh, she was going through a similar thing with her uh, boyfriend. So we connected really well about just like, you know, we'd be writing and just be talking about like even just the struggle that we had like that week or something from, uh, you know, the actual situation. And, um, we ended up just writing this like song that every time, every single time I hear it, I like, I get like kind of goosebumps because it just <laughs> takes me back to that place. And, uh, it's just like where that feeling lives Wow, for there's, me. There's definitely a lot of feeling in that song. And especially when that chorus comes in, um, uh, yeah. and she belts it out. And yeah, I, I love how she goes up in like the third measure there, like to the, the, the major chord, how she sings that. It's really cool. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. She's uh, she, it was, it was a really wonderful experience. Um, recording that with her and actually my, uh, my mastering guy, Salda, um, he just opened up a production studio, um, with the guy that I recorded, uh, those vocals with and like, uh, recording that was an incredible experience because at the time they had a recording studio that was in this mansion <laughs> in Sa- in Santa Monica, like on a golf course. And it was like endorsed by blue microphones and like they just brought people in and out of there all the time to record. Wow. And uh, I got to record two songs with her like over the course of two days there. And it was just an awesome experience. So is that what you used? A blue mic? Yes. Which one? Uh, that one, I think we used a bottle. And then I have since on most of my stuff uh, and on all the sidekick stuff, which is like the vocal collective that I have. Yeah. Um, I use a, a blue baby bottle. Okay. It works good? Yeah, it works really well, um, especially for vocals and acoustic guitar. It just has 
uh, it's kind of in that neutral space where it doesn't color the highs a lot and it doesn't uh, really like accentuate the lows. So there are some things that it's like, it's okay for, but not ideal for, but really like vocals and acoustic guitar, it's perfect for. And that's the reason that I chose that one. That's good to know. I mean, Mike's is a tough proposition. I mean, you have to, you know what I mean? They're expensive, the good ones. They don't work for every situation. So it's like, it's hard for me to collect mics being an EDM musician. I mean, I'm, t- I'm doing this podcast with an SM Shure SM58. I buy a couple of junk mics at a pawn shop every now and then, but I never had a good mic because it's like you said, you might have this amazing mic that's good for acoustic guitar, but not for vocals. So you got to get a good vocal mic, but then the person you bring in to sing vocals sounds better on a different mic. Mics to me are just tough. That's why I guess studios have mic lockers with like 20 or 30 or 50 of them in there. And they're all for different situations. Yeah. It's, it's definitely um, like in recording, you got to just start out with the best source material possible. Yeah. And, um, not everybody has that option and things are, things have gotten better over the course of several years and like advanced in plugins and whatnot, where you can make, you can take a recording from your SM 58, throw it through like some pretty good, like waves compressor and like channel EQ combinations and whatnot. And it can sound pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, and like, that's been really great. But, uh, what kind of just sets the recording studios apart now is that like there are microphones out there that like, if you just have the choice of this, like, and to select this, like basically you're just like selecting your, the right paintbrush mm-hmm. to create the palette. And if you have that, then you don't need to go as heavy into the like crazy compression and EQ stuff. Like it's a lot less, uh, it needs to be fixed a lot less. Right. And, and you can never get, even with all those effects, you can never get, the exact sound you would get from a good source mic. Yeah, exactly. But then so, but those source mics are, you know, several thousands of dollars and it's just hard to justify, um, you know, getting a bunch of them, especially if you're kind of only recording like only vocals or, you know, guitar or something at some point. And you just, you kind of just try to get one that'll do, uh, you know, 85, 90% good job across the spectrum of everything and then uh, you try to make up the last 10 percent in the box yeah exactly it reminds me uh i did a course down here in florida at a amazing studio called clear track studio it was like a recording course and um i couldn't afford it it was an amazing course and it was worth every penny the reason i did it though was i've been such a uh, like a bedroom producer for so long i wanted to know what the pros use and how good music can actually sound. So I did this course where they basically teach you how to be a recording engineer and a mixing engineer. And I got to use every piece of like equipment, hardware, like API compressors, like a real like UA, like LA2A compressor and all, or, or, um, yeah, like API preamps. I'm sorry. Anyway, all the best stuff you could possibly buy and you, and you hear what the best is. And then you at least have some frame of reference to compare your stuff to. But they had a mic and uh, we did this demo demonstration, like a lab where a girl came in and she sang a couple lines into a, a couple different mics. And I picked this one mic out and put that in the stand. I'm like, how much is this mic? He's like, oh, that was 12 grand. I'm like, um, I better not drop this. But the whole idea yeah. was like we had a row of five mics, which was probably, you know, more than my parents house cost, you know. So it's just uh, it's crazy how uh, mics 
just how mics can be different and you could really rack up a lot of money getting a mic collection together, I think. Oh yeah, for sure. I know some dudes that their mic collection is worth more than their house. You yeah. know, like they have it Seriously. in the basement, like locked in a safe and that's their most valuable thing <laughs> exactly. in their whole house. Right. Which is, uh, it's, I mean, but that's, you know, their livelihood. And those are the, those are the reasons that, um, you know, they get really good sound. I mean, other than yeah. their obvious, like great training and their awesome ears, like they just have, uh, more tools available from the beginning to create like a beautiful tone before you put anything else on it. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's talk about, um, your career a little bit. Um, there's a question I'd like to ask all the producers I have on. What has been the most amazing moment of your career thus far? Like something that stands out in your mind where you say to yourself, it doesn't get much better than this. And you just like, I don't know, relish the moment. Uh, actually right now is kind of, uh, the, the things haven't happened yet, but you know, I'm like confirmed, like I'm playing South by Southwest this year for the first time ever in my music career. And that's been a goal of mine since I started playing music in like 2004. Um, and I'm finally getting to go down there with my solo artist project that, um, I built like from the ground up and it wasn't part of a band and it wasn't like anything like that. So it adds like this extra special kind of um, element to it. And then I also am got selected to play this like big music festival here in Denver called the higher ground music festival in August. Um, that's also like, that's my first time playing a festival. So that'll be really awesome. And, uh, really like those are, <laughs> those are actually honestly like have been some really wonderful highs. That's um, great. I mean, so far and they haven't, they haven't happened yet, but, uh, <laughs> like I know that they will, And now I'm just like in prep mode of getting the live band together and, uh, sounding as good, as good as they can for these performances. That's exciting, man. Well done. I mean, you're making it happen. Thanks, dude. I'm excited. And I'm, and I'm working, like I found, I've just found like this whole vision this year of, uh, of what I'm going to be doing and whatnot. And like, I'll be coming out with an EP this year. That's like a full conceptual thing rather than these individual singles and I'll be performing a lot more this year. So I'm really starting to actually get into the uh, realm that I really want to be in, which is like performing live and doing it with live musicians and um, just creating these songs that I'm incredibly proud of. And for the last couple of years, it's been a lot of learning and producing and releasing songs like just, you know, online and whatnot, not really doing many shows because right. one, I didn't really know how that I like, so I don't, I'm not really that, uh, excited about just like DJing, um, right. as a performance, um, nothing against people who do that. Um, they love to do it and that's what's the most important thing. It's just not what I love to do. And so it's taken a while to re to like, just to reimagine these songs in a live band setting and, uh, get everything working the way that it needs to, <laughs> to make it happen. So yeah. I'm really, this, this, this time now is really the most exciting time for me. That's great. I can imagine that's a lot of work. Can you, can you give, uh, the listeners an idea of, see, like you talked about earlier, you made some mistakes in the last couple of years, you went in some directions you didn't want to go, but now it seems like you're achieving your goals. Tell us what, uh, what you've been doing different and like how you're now setting goals and achieving them. Is there something special that you're doing or, 
give us some insight on what's going on there. Yeah. Um, actually I've, I've changed my habits a bit the last, even like the last month or so really getting pretty introspective as far as like what I want out of life in general. And, um, I started meditating, uh, daily. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. And there's one particular, uh, called the Tim Ferriss show where he's like an efficiency, like systems expert in San Francisco and interviews these amazing people like the president of Pixar. And uh, actually one of the dudes from the glitch mob, uh, was on there a few weeks ago. (laughs) Um, but also, you know, like the 12 year old chess prodigy that was like world champion, like that year and did it for like seven years in a row. And like one of the common threads that they all did was meditate. Really? And yeah. And they said, it, and it was just like, they all had kind of different reasonings for it and whatnot, but another overlying uh, concept was just moving forward with intention hmm. and having every move that you make uh, be for a reason. And like the words, I don't know, are just toxic. Um, hmm. So, I really took that to heart and really just took a step back because I'm, I'm really proud of the songs that I released last year. And uh, I think that they were that they're great um, representations of myself and just what I wanted to say at that time. Um, but towards the end of the year and whatnot, like I got kind of uh, disheartened by, you know, just some things and being kind of unsatisfied without like fitting into any sort of, uh, sort of space. I've always felt like on the outside of a lot of the dance music stuff and whatnot. Um, and so I just kind of took a step back and like looked and be like, okay, what do you want to do with this and how do you want to do it? And, uh, I had like this big, like, this like talk one night with my brother and my mom about it and really think about it. And my brother honestly was kind (laughs) of, he's really, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. But, um, he's like, dude, you need to pick up your bass again. And, uh, I hadn't for a while. Like I had this beautiful bass that I spent years tracking down. Um, and I spent like, you know, years playing her and like, we have so much history and, uh, I hadn't touched her in like several months. And even before that, it was very, it was very, uh, sparse. And I just started doing it again. And all of a sudden, like things just started to make sense to me again. I found the love in the music that I was making again and like really, um, started thinking about, okay, like this is like, this is where you want to live. Hmm. So let's just start making the right moves to like show people this new realm. And, uh, so that's really what I've, what I've established this year is like, I'm not going to be releasing just singles. I'm going to be releasing an EP that has, um, you know, a few different types of songs on it. Um, and working with a lot more like live instrumentation to kind of show what it, it, what it sounds like live. Cause right now these songs sound very different recorded versus when they're played live with a band. Huh. And, uh, so this next EP will have more of that honest performance, um, vibe to it. And I'm really excited about it. Cause it's just like, it's stuff that I've never heard before. And, um, I get to still work with like a bunch of different vocalists and 
guitarists and things like that. But then I also get to work with, uh, you know, with drummers and, uh, I'm playing bass on all of it. And, um, it's just going to bring a whole new life to the sound and like kind of who I am as Thunder Thief. And I've cut down some of these other projects of things that were like spreading me really thin. Um, and I couldn't really, you know, it's hard as shit to move forward when you have to move side to side so many times. Right. Um, and so like trimming the fat of kind of the unnecessary things, uh, that I was doing. And then like with my podcast, for example, like I was doing it, um, twice a week or no, sorry, uh, twice a month of doing different mixes of like my friend's songs and my songs and like the shows that I was DJing and whatnot. And, uh, I liked that for sure, but it was taking time away from like really perfecting like uh, this, like my sound and getting like a really good, you know, just like a really good sound and like concept together. So I've cut down on that. And now that'll be like a podcast that I do like on performances, Hmm. you know, like I'll release my, uh, as many times as I can, like my live band performances. Um, You just have to like, that won't take as much work. Yeah, because then it's like, you know, I just record the show and then I put the show out there for everyone to listen to. And that's like, that's what I like about, I really like that about the, um, like the podcast system, especially for like me where I play shows maybe like once or twice a month. Like I can still release a podcast bi-monthly, but it's like, uh, and get like my sound out there, but it doesn't have to be like this thing that takes away from everything else that I'm doing. Uh, you're right. That's the cool thing about podcasting. There's, there's no rules. Yeah, it's awesome. And so I'm just going to change it up a little bit. And like, that's, uh, that's just kind of the new direction that I'm headed there with. And I'm really excited about it. Cause I've also got like, uh, I'm putting together a show with, um, my vocal collective, uh, sidekicks. Um, and this other EDM vocalist named Laura Brem. Um, she's been on a, she's been on several like really big tracks, like on monster cat and, uh, and whatnot and we're gonna she's a denver-based musician and we're gonna be playing an all-acoustic show um sometime in late april and you know doing acoustic versions of all of our songs and all of her songs and then like doing some covers as well and i'll I'll, I'll release that as a podcast too awesome yeah she was actually on this show it was yes she was in the early days yeah i uh, i remember when i was like subscribing to your podcast uh, I saw that she was on it. I was like, Oh no, ah, that was like one of the, that one and Alarmin were the two that I listened to first. Actually, uh, Yeah. There's that feels like that was a long time ago. It's been less than a year though. <laughs> um, yeah. It's funny. He, uh, he was, him and I were just finishing up save yourself when, uh, when he was, when he did the show, uh, you guys were recording. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. It's like, Oh, crazy. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, tell us real quick about your vocal collective. What is this all about? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. So, uh, sidekicks is basically me and like six other vocalists, both male and female, um, that people are sending us instrumentals and, uh, we are writing and, pro- and producing and engineering the vocals like for them. So, uh, like an artist sends us a track and I'm like, okay. And like, I'm kind of the intermediary slash like producer of sidekicks mm-hmm. and producer in, um, a way that's kind of like the neutral, like making sure that the song is like as good as it can be without being like specifically biased towards one part of the other. I'm like kind of 
the equally invested. I, you're like the uh, boss. Person. You you yell at people and demand that they get the work done. I'm just kidding. Well, not a, <laughs> no, like there's there's um in earlier days, uh, the word producer was uh, reserved for uh, people who were in the studio um, with the artist and the engineer, and they were the ones who weren't getting all technical. Um, that was the engineer's job and right. they weren't on the performance side, but they were, they would sit back and like, and try to create the best song possible. And that gives you access. You know, that's like across the whole spectrum of what that is. Like what, you know, you say this word a certain way or, you know, like, let, right. like chill out on the guitar part and let the drums come through at that point, you know, like those sorts of moves. Um, which would probably frustrate kind of, me to no end. But produce like I think I know where you're going. Producer definitely has a different connotation now. I have trouble in my show getting the point across of what it's about because it's called the producer podcast. And if you're not yeah. into electronic music, you don't you you think it is like what are you a film producer or like a music producer? No, like electronic music producer is the person who actually makes the music and does the engineering. So yeah, for sure they're they're like and having producer is still a good word for it because it is you are responsible for everything you know right. you're just not that's just like and that kind of happens a little differently but anyway so in sidekicks i'm that guy i got you and then we have different vocalists um like most now i've been asking people because we have more of a catalog now where people can choose from um but a, a person will send me a, a track and i'll be like okay well which vocalist do you want like here's a bunch of songs um that they've done or you know if they send me the song i'm like oh man this person's voice would sound really good on it uh we do it that way. And then I get together with the vocalist and we write the vocals for this song. Like, and we're just kind of a very back and forth, like uh, thing where we're just both trying to make the best uh, song possible. That's a great um, service, man. That's a great idea thanks, for a service. Man. Yeah. I, I really like it. Cause it's like, you know, I get to work with a bunch of different kinds of vocalists and yeah. a bunch of different kinds of producers. And uh, then like we write them and then we'll record a demo and send it out to the producer and be like, all right, like, what do you want to change? If you, if you want to change anything. And we've been pretty good about like getting it right. Like pretty much the first try. Wow. And, uh, which doesn't say anything about it. It's just like, you know, we take the time to like make it a fully realized vision before we send it to them. Right. So we're sending them like a pretty good example of what it is. And if they're like, Oh, I'm not really digging like, you know, these words in the chorus or whatever, like we'll adjust it. Um, and then send them another demo back, you know, until we get like, the, they're like, this is great. And then we'll record and I'll tune and engineer uh, the vocals and I'll mix them. And then I'll send them back like basically an acapella. Uh, the, well, just like the different vocal stems that they need to mix into the track. And then uh, they have like, it's usually songs like the way that it's usually built is like the latest one that we did was a, um, a group called Cedar Blood and Book. We released a song called As One on EDM.com. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And it was a Cedar Blot and Book. And it's called As One featuring Sidekicks. And uh, we split the writing credit and everything of the song 50-50. And um, it's just been a really wonderful like thing this last year. Like, wow. We released, I think we're on like 16 songs. Wow. Maybe a little How, less. Where? What's your website for that? Uh. Well, it's just We Are Sidekicks. So on Facebook.com slash We Are Sidekicks, okay. SoundCloud.com slash We Are Sidekicks. On Twitter, we're Sidekicks Live. Um, and uh, we don't have, and we have like a Tone Den site, which hosts just like those other things. But 
between SoundCloud and Facebook, like is how most people get a hold of us. Cool. And uh, it's been it's been cool, but also with that, like last year, I spent a ton of time with the Sidekick stuff, and right. we kicked out so many songs, and we still have songs that we did last year. Like we probably finalized. I think I look. Let me look at my let me, my little file real quick and see how many we have. I'm, just, I'm now I'm curious uh, <laughs> about how many final you have. We've got like one, two, three. Yeah, it's probably uh, like 25 finished vocal stuff that we wow. did last year, but we only have like 12 or 13 released so far. Wow. <laughs> we're waiting We're waiting on other ones. Jeez. To be I, finished. I guess that's an in-demand service that people want. Yeah, people really dug it, man. Like the first one we released was uh, with this producer named Electrolyte that uh, we got on no copyright sounds. And Electrolyte has since like just dominated that channel. It's been awesome for wow. him. And yeah. uh, well, Who doesn't like Electrolytes? Yeah, exactly, right? It's good for your body, good for your soul. Did you ever see Idiocracy? Uh, that movie? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> They're yeah. like feeding Gatorade to the plants. Oh my God, yeah, that is hilarious. Uh, I fear that that's actually happening like, to our oh society. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I mean, too. I hope not. It doesn't seem like it is to that extent. But, uh, man, if we ever start feeding Gatorade to plants, it's just that needs to stop. That's immediately funny. yes cool man great information uh it sounds like sidekicks is cool you got a lot of cool stuff going on is uh is there any last piece of advice you'd like to give to the guys before we end off uh yeah over the last uh several months like i've just gone through this phase of like really finding the reasons why i make music and um what i want to be remembered for within it and uh, for a while, I kind of lost that meaning, and I feel like my work wasn't as good as it could be and what it really should have been. And I really feel like taking some time to invest in yourself and define like what you truly want to express with the, with the one universal language that we have, is uh, it's become profoundly important to me. And uh, I recommend that everyone take the time to do that for themselves as well. That's great advice. Do you mind me asking what is your purpose for doing this? Like you, you seem like you, you know, thought about it and you came up with something like the reason that you make music and what you want to be remembered as. What is it? Oh, man. Okay. Um, my purpose really is to inspire and be like just a positive light in life um to be able to enact like just positive changes within yourself or to show that these negative situations can get better um i do that in my personal life and i that's just what i want to be known for period and since music is my medium that's my intention that's amazing, man. I really like that. If everybody Thanks, was like that, there would be no idiocracy. We wouldn't have anything to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> really cool. Well, where can people find out more about you and hear your music? Yeah, uh, SoundCloud. My website is uh, IamThunderThief.com, um, Facebook.com slash IamThunderThief, SoundCloud.com slash IamThunderThief. Twitter's the same. Um, my Instagram is ThunderThief. 
Uh, I post things on most places. And uh, if you're in Austin next week, I don't know when this is coming out, but uh, March 21st, I'll be in Austin playing at the 512 on 6th um, for South by Southwest. And uh, on St. Patrick's Day, I'm playing in Denver at Lost Lake with a sick group called Avon Lava from New York. Wow. Really cool. Well, have fun on those gigs, man. Thank you very much for doing this interview. You inspired a lot of people. People are going to get a lot out of this. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for having me. It was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope everybody enjoyed the show. That's going to be it for the producer podcast for today. See you next time.